0: Join Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top large companies around the world are all struggling with innovation that's not news to anyone and they want to work with people who at their core have dna that that is innovative look inside before you look outside and innovate yourself before you go and innovate for others
1: this is the business leadership podcast and i'm edwin Fronzo. welcome how are you how, how's it going thank you for taking the time to join us today this is episode number 80 and my guest is Roger Chabra. Roger is Tribal Scale CIO and leads TribalScale Venture Studios. He is a proven seed stage investor with over 20 years of tech and investment experience and was a lead investor for many successful organizations including Chango, Meta, Exodo, Figure One, and Frankenote. In our conversation, Roger describes the early years of internet and tells us about his transition story from becoming a person of computers to finance and becoming a venture capitalist. He talks about how to stand out with your application and and grab your dream position and discover how he does something bold to get people to support the idea. The Business Leadership podcast is a friend of the ITWC podcast network and supported by our media partner IT World Canada. Now here we go. Welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, Roger.
0: Thank you. Excited to be here.
1: Excited to have you. It's been a long time coming. I know um, for the listeners out there, we had tried to get Roger on the show earlier this year, but I know his organization, I'm sure we'll get into it, has been doing massive things and uh, we had to reschedule a couple of times. So super happy to get this going. But Roger, why don't we start off by introducing who you are to our listeners. Tell us a bit Something about yourself, who you are, and what you like to do when you're not growing or leading businesses.
0: Um, yeah, okay. So, um, you know, I, uh, I started my career right around the first trajectory of the internet in the uh, early and mid-90s. And I graduated with a psychology degree, which was an interesting thing to graduate with. I always knew I was going to go back to school and, and do something a little bit more, um, you know, applied. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, when I was coming out of psychology, um, you know, I, I got exposed to the internet and, uh, you know, my father brought home a desktop publishing package back then. And it's something that I just, you know, fell in love with and jumped on. And this was right around the first iteration of websites. So, um, you know, I taught myself HTML and, you know, kind of tried to become a graphic designer. I realized I was, you know, kind of intermediate at that, uh, ultimately, but, uh, I learned how to code uh, HTML and CGI and Perl really early in the um, kind of evolution of the internet, first generation brochureware websites. And so, for a number of years, I, I made a go of building websites for um, mostly local, but some some multinational companies. And uh, you know, that was a really interesting time in my career because it was a direct line to kind of the executive offices of of companies. Because it didn't matter how old you were, if you knew how to get company on the internet, you were in all of the meetings, uh, whether they were IT related or marketing related. So I got exposure to kind of senior leadership executives pretty early in my career, um, kind of in my early 20s. And, um, you know, I was a consultant and and had a few freelancers and people on staff working for me building these sites. And ultimately, I joined a company called, um, at the time, CNC Global, which was Canada's largest recruiting firm, had about 300 people. And I was there you know, their first web hire uh, to build out their uh, internal products, but also customer-facing job boards and and things like that. So back in the early days of Monster, we had competitors to that. And when I left, there was about 25 people in that division um, and learned a lot. And, you know, that company was eventually bought by KKR, the big private equity firm, and um, became a place that wasn't as interesting to me. And, And innovation was really Starting to get stifled at a time where, in the macro envir- environment, innovation was exploding. So around '99, I kind of took stock in my career and um, realized I had missed the whole dot-com kind of ramp and explosion. Um, and uh, you know, I saw a lot of my friends that were working at startups or were either leading startups or you know, you know just doing incredible things and being worth all of this uh, amount of money on paper and, and doing world-changing things. And I tried to figure out, okay, what was next? And, um, you know, I kind of triangulated on mobile. So in 99, which was probably the worst time in history, the history of this planet to launch a startup, I launched a mobile startup. Um, and this was back, you know, obviously pre-Apple pre Store and, you know, Google Play and all the, all the other things that we take for granted today. But this is, this is really important because despite the imploding kind of macro environment, this was probably the most defining point of my career. Um, the next few mm-hmm. years of, of running a startup, and I realize I'm running on. So I, I will kind of bring this to. But this is a very important part of my career, and this is really where I I would say I got my street MBA in in building businesses, and it's really what shaped me to have empathy for entrepreneur and for entrepreneurs, and to understand where entrepreneurs sort of sit in the value chain and how they how important they are to innovation and just um, you know the economy in general. And you know, I really don't feel like you can be a great leader or or a great uh, venture investor, which I turned into, un- unless you had been through the the rigmarole and the ups and downs of building a startup and looking up to the sky at some point and saying, why can't something go right this week? Uh, and struggling to make payroll. And so it was an interesting ride for three years. You know, um, we built it up. We had some some really good success, a lot of acquisition kind of interest, and ultimately the business didn't succeed uh, mostly because of external factors. But, again, that was the most important defining um, you know point in my career. So what do you do when you drive a business into the ground? You go back to business school, right? So uh, that's what I did. I went to business school, and I went in with the singular goal of becoming a venture capitalist, which all my classmates thought I was crazy. But just to kind of finish the story on me, uh, I was lucky enough to get recruited into the venture capital world in, in 2003, and from 2003 to the time that I uh, joined tribal scale uh, two years ago so in, in 2016, I was a traditional venture capitalist which was which means I had a you know a pot of money to invest in amazing entrepreneurs to invest in great ideas and roll up my sleeves and help them kind of launch and scale and, and exit um, and that brings us to my time at, uh, at tribal scale so that's a bit about my history
1: that's amazing well I appreciate you sharing. I mean, what's really interesting, Rogers? I'm personally curious, and I'm sure the listeners out there who are there, is 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 who is Roger when he's not working?
0: Yeah. So uh, you know, I'm a I'm a family guy. I've got a very young son uh, who's you know six years old, and so I lot of I spend a lot of time you know with him and uh, and my family. You know, what do I like to do personally? I'm uh, you know. The this, this show beat Shazam, I can beat Shazam on any on any eighties music like within three seconds i can you know i can uh I can <laughs> identify a song so you know i'm I'm a real pop culture kind of junkie, mostly around music and concerts. um I have a particular affinity to you know eighties alternative and and new wave and um you know those types of bands
1: are you are you the human Shazam?
0: Yes, I can beat Shazam on any eighties song for sure. <laughs> Whenever I watch that show, I'm always like, I should go on that show. But then they play like the country genre, and I'm like, I don't know any of this stuff. So I spend a lot of time doing that, um, and uh, yeah, that keeps that keeps me busy. You know, obviously uh, value a lot of my friends and kind of my greater family, and that's that's really me.
1: Awesome. So I know you are the CIO at Tribal Scale. So why don't we start off there? If you could tell us about Tribal Scale. Your specific role now and perhaps if you could share what you're currently looking to accomplish over the next, let's say six to 12 months?
0: Yeah, okay. so uh, so CIO, uh, I'm not a chief information officer. I'm a chief innovation officer, and you know, I know the two are kind of used interchangeably and mm-hmm. chief innovation officers have, have come more, um, you know, become more popular over the last couple of years. I'm a chief innovation officer here. Um, I am part of the five member executive team that runs tribal scale in general. My specific focus, obviously, is around innovation for our organization. The majority of my time is spent today on our Venture Studio, which is our platform to uh, ideate, launch, and scale uh, early-stage startups uh, in, in cooperation with Fortune 1000 companies around the world. So that's where I spend a lot of my time my role is evolving to some other areas that um, that are strategic to tribal scale as well so uh, on top of the venture studio two of the roles that i'm I'm taking on for the company are one productization of tribal scale so we have a very very fast growing and vibrant and profitable services business and we have a vision around leveraging that services business to build out uh, a suite of products for our clients and those products becoming a much more material part of our revenue over the next couple of years and instrumental to the valuation of our of our company going forward and then the uh the, the second area that i'm going into are mergers and acquisitions so we've done an incredible job of uh, organic growth um you know bootstrapping this business from five founders to almost 250 people today uh using our own balance sheet um we're now in a position in the market where we will be looking for M um, and A targets, uh, both on the services side, but on the services side, but uh, mostly on the product side and on the, um, the skill set side to bolster us in areas and geographies that we're not currently serving.
1: That's amazing. Um, I know within your career, you had mentioned. I mean, you started in the late '90s or early '90s. You know, really getting your hands on tech, just being hands on, and then you moved on into the finance world. I'm wondering if, and I'm really curious if you could share some key decisions. Typically, what I've heard that they're, they're usually a difficult decision that maybe you had to make throughout your career. It, it could be recent, it could be really recent, it could be back in the 90s. And I know you mentioned about being an entrepreneur, um, you know, that you had to make that uh, you know eventually allowed you to grow as as the business leader you are today.
0: Yeah, good question. I mean, I, you know, I think the biggest leap of my career is what I did in terms of coming over to a tribal scale. I think we'll probably cover that a little bit later. But, you know, you mentioned finance and venture capital. It's an interesting one. It, the old saying is finance is a part of venture capital, but venture capital is not a part of finance. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's an interesting one. But, you know, in terms of my career you know, kind of trajectory. I think the most important thing was just me being uh, eyes open and being opportunistic about different, um, you know, kind of engagements I could do in in my career. You know, I didn't stay at one firm, and then kind of like, grow through the ladder there. I was very opportunistic, I I networked like crazy early in my career, I went to a lot of events, uh, met a lot of people and got pretty entrenched and built a really good network early in my career. And how I moved up, through the venture world was really uh jumping from kind of shop to shop and over the course of my kind of 12 13 year career in venture capital i was at four different venture firms for various reasons but each time i moved uh i moved to a position that was senior to my last position and i moved to a platform that was bigger and better than what i had before and i think you know that gave me the opportunity to kind of learn you know in terms of baptism by fire and most of the times i was underqualified for the, the roles that I took on, um, but I was lucky enough to kind of win over the hiring managers or my bosses in each cases. And they gave me a lot of autonomy coming in, uh, a lot of support, a lot of guidance and mentorship. And it was really this exposure and learning by doing that was uh, probably the most instrumental thing in terms of uh, shaping me as, as a business executive.
1: So... What's really fascinating in that story, and and maybe some of the listeners might resonate this, and they might be sitting in a firm and wondering how do they find those opportunities uh, within? It could be a competitor, I'm sure of it, and and not only a lateral role, it was it was a roll up. So yeah. were you? Did people reach out to you, or did you reach out to them? And I'm sure. I mean, I don't want to go all throughout the four different organizations, but there there seemed to be something that was happening around you, or maybe you were just bored in the, in the the location you're at
0: yeah no look good look good question you know it's it's all about you know the hustle and mm-hmm. it's also about it's also about seizing the opportunity you know I have a lot of people come and approach me about getting into venture, which is a very very difficult kind of you know world to break into and you know I give a bunch of advice one one of the best pieces of advice that i I give to people coming into the venture world mm-hmm very, very early in my career, for probably the first three of my four venture roles, uh, I really went out of my way to stand out amongst the crowd. And, you know, I went so far as to put together like 20 or 30 or 40 page kind of decks on why the firm should hire me. And, you know, it would just blow blow away the people from around the table. And it was all about like why they should hire me, why I'm a match, why I understand their portfolio, why yeah. I, and kind of the sectors they're looking at, what are 15 companies in the ecosystem they should be talking to and looking And you really got to find a way to differentiate yourself if, if that's what you're dead set on doing. And so this playbook around finding what resonates with the organization you're growing, proving to them that there's material value Differentiating yourself because everybody comes in with great credentials. Everybody talk interviews well. Everybody talks a good game. It's like, how do you leave a long-lasting and interesting impact on that person so that they can take a chance on you? That's what allowed me to get these opportunities that I was, in friend, like in full disclosure, completely underqualified for. And so, you know, I would say that that was probably very instrumental to you know me moving around and, and creating opportunity for myself.
1: Oh, well, that's great. So it sounds like you like like you said, and you just you summed it up in one word. It was the hustle and really knowing which way you were going. So as you changed organizations and you were, I mean, quote unquote unqualified and you, your roles changed, you had new teams, new responsibilities. I I'm wondering how did you adjust along those transitions to continually grow and become more effective uh, business leader?
0: Yeah. So, the, you know, the good thing about kind of the venture world, if you're early or mid-career, is you, you have senior people around you. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's important to leverage that experience. I mean, they're obviously bringing in younger people for uh, for, for deliberate reasons, especially when you're talking about innovation and investing in innovation, particularly driven by or, um, younger entrepreneurs. But there's something to be said about leveraging the experience around the table. So I, I continually did that. Uh, you know, I think it's also important in any organization, especially the venture world, to understand the dynamics of a partnership and to uh, and to understand how you're going to gain consensus. The hardest thing about any partnership, or you know, even in executive team that I that I'm out of the venture world, is gaining consensus and political buy-in for things that you want to do that are disruptive or new to your mm-hmm. organization. And that's really about understanding your, your co-workers and understanding what makes them tick and how, the, you know, the bigger project can help all of you. Uh, and it's ultimately about getting conviction behind what you want to do. I mean, nobody's going to believe in your ideas unless you do. And so I learned that very, very early, early in my career, the kind of the art of buy-in, which, you know, when you've got five partners all competing for, to do deals uh, with a fixed amount of money, it's an interesting dynamic Uh, and I've seen people do well and not well at that kind of piece of the business, but it's, it's completely transferable to the world that I'm in now where, you know, we've got lots of different opportunities in front of us. We're building a platform that we can orient in many, many different directions. How do you do something that's bold and interesting, um, to the group and how do you get people behind you to, to support you because you can't do it alone.
1: Hey, biz leaders, I... Hope you're enjoying this conversation that I'm having with Roger. If you'd like to keep in touch, please consider joining my free private Facebook group where I share daily insights, answer your questions, and connect you to like-minded leaders in the community. Go to thebusinessleadership.com slash FB group or search for the business leadership group directly in Facebook. Now let's get back to it. Roger, I know within your current role or tribal scale, there's a lot of partnerships within enterprise organizations. I'm really curious, how do you or your teams encourage and lead creative thinking within these enterprise organizations? Now,
0: yeah, so uh, you know, another another great question. And when we engage with lots of enterprises around the world, um, we don't just work with Canadian companies. In fact, most of our revenue is from the U.S. and from the Middle East. And we typically, you know, meet a lot of companies that uh, don't know who we are, or don't know what we do, uh, particularly because we're only in an organization that's just coming up on our third year anniversary. So, you know, really, it's about helping them understand what we can do for them. It's showing them things that we've done that maybe in a similar industry or, or have helped companies that are at a similar kind of uh, crossroads or um, uh, mouth of opportunity. Uh, and showing them what we can do there. But ultimately, it's about finding a, a small project to prove that we're valuable to them. You know, we, as I said, we get a lot of companies through our sales organization that don't understand what we are, uh, who we are or what, what we've done in the past. But once we take them through that kind of message and take, take them through some storytelling in terms of what we've done in the past, it's really about finding one small project to prove our value t- uh, to them with. And that's really how we've been able to scale our organization is to start with something small, knock it out of the park, and then talk about how can we build this into a longer term partnership where we're doing more and more and bigger uh, creative things for the, for the companies that we work with.
1: And you're working in projects in conjunction with ex- existing teams as well internally? Or are, are these projects, many of the projects coming from outside, they're asking for a specific, like you said, small project that you could just knock it out of the park?
0: Yeah, so we, we do we do three things at Tribal Scale. One is digital transformation, where we go and teach Fortune 1,000 companies how to work the way that we work internally here at Tribal Scale, and that typically means um, moving them from a waterfall software development uh, paradigm to uh, to full agile methodologies. Uh, in those sort of cases, we work directly with the teams uh, of the companies that hire us, so we'll pair our you know developers with their developers we pair our designers with their designers or pair our product managers and our executives with their, with their executives. And it's a, you know, it's a teach a person to fish kind of approach where we're working side by side with them on live projects to show them how they can output products that are better quality, that are faster, that are more market reactive and that ultimately uh, move the needle more for the business. So that's the one thing we do, digital transformation. In the case where we do project services, where You know, a Fortune 1000 company hires us to build uh, a defined project for them. We do work in an outsourced manner there where we, you know, we will build the product um, uh, on behalf of the company on a time materials basis. But the thing that sets us apart from a lot of our competitors is really the collaborative approach we take to building these products. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, especially early in the life cycle. But, you know, as the project goes on, definitely throughout the whole project life. Uh, working side by side. So, you know, one of the things we're very proud about is our process is defined around a weekly build being shown to to our customers. Um, and so, you know, we, we like to say our homework is due kind of every week. We don't, um, you know, you don't get a status report from us. You don't get, you know, a build three months after you've asked us to start something. Every week, you're able to look at the progression we've made and, and kind of the output we've made and say, give us your feedback. Um, so that's a very highly collaborative kind of approach to uh, to project services. And the third thing we do is the Venture Studio side, which is again co-creation of startups with Fortune 1000 companies. And there it's a completely collaborative and immersive model with, with corporations. So all of the startups we either invest in or we create from the ground up are Basically, uh, in line with the problem statements of large, you know, corporations that we're working with. And that's a very, very collaborative um, uh, kind of process that at the forefront puts the, the customers and corporates that we're working.
1: What do you think is the biggest challenges facing emerging business leaders today, Roger? So,
0: you know, I, I think it's just the status quo and, um, you know, this is the way we've always done things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've been in the tech world for over 20 years and, you know, that's a very motherhood and, you know, kind of typical statement. Um, I think companies uh, are completely changing, at least their awareness of, of having to do things is completely changing. But I do still think that that's something that we fight up against every day um, the other thing I would say is just the approach of using, you know, only employees or only using internal resources to solve problems. I think that's, um, you know, that's a barrier that we have to continually uh, work through with different, you know, larger corporations around the world. You know, I think true innovation can only come from a combination of within a four of a, of a and, and the four walls of a corporation and outside the four walls of a corporation. So how do you put the people processes and, and kind of tools in place to make sure that you're engaging with the disruptive startups in your world, um, you know, how do you engage with your competitors, how do you, um, you know, take a consortium approach to, to innovation. And really this concept around moving closed innovation, which is, you know, using only your internal resources to this, you know, kind of open innovation uh, platform where you're using resources outside of your organization to further the business uh, strategy and goals of your corporation.
1: Yeah, I mean everything everything is evolving. And one thing I get into discussions about Roger, and I'd love to get your your insights is also where the work is going or where the leadership is going in terms of having this AI coming into into the workplace now and ha- really automating a lot of, a lot of um, processes, I guess. Um, like, like where where do you see, and I'm sure you have discussions with this with other people or other c levels is how do you see the work changing?
0: Yeah, look, you know, I, AI is a is a big scary term, and um, you know, it's gone. It's it's still in the, in kind of the early early days of the hype cycle, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like the internet in the early days. The internet was the answer to everything, and, and now AI is kind of the answer to everything. i was just reading an article this morning about mm-hmm. how people is now turning themselves into an AI company, and so you know, I, I think I think we're coming to the end of that kind of trajectory in terms of you know the top of the hype cycle. And I think businesses are trying to understand and get real about what can AI really do for them, um, and what that means is is they've got to go slow and they've got to they've got to be handheld through it, um, and they've got to try and be agile and, and fail with different AI projects. Um, you know, there's a bunch of different areas that, that AI can help on both the revenue generation side and on the on the cost saving sides for for enterprises. I think it's really about finding small projects to work on that can the success of AI and, and machine learning within an organization, and uh, to scale kind of projects from there. You know, I think we're also in a phase where uh, you know companies are doing a lot of research uh, around AI, and, and they're not they're not building commercial or practical projects or products around AI. Mm-hmm. And I think that also needs to change. Um, there's definitely a place for for research, especially in a research intensive um, kind of sector like AI or technology like AI. But I think it's time for corporations to really you know dip their toes in the water and 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 um, you know start building projects and products that are real that take advantage of of uh, machine learning models and in AI kind of technologies
1: Roger, what advice would you give someone and maybe maybe it's someone listening today who's going into a leadership position for the first time whether it's in in a technology innovation role or, or even in the venture capitalist role
0: um so I would say, listen, go in, go in with eyes open, be humble, but at the same time, be bold. Like you, you have this position uh, because someone deserves, uh, someone believes you deserve it or someone believes that you can ultimately grow into this. So, you know, you, there's there's a way to carry yourself. But at the end of the day, you're there to, uh, to move the needle and to do big things within, within your organization. So be bold. I would say, you know, embrace 360 degree input. Um, You know, one of the things that I like to pride myself on here is, you know, I listen to people both above and below me in the organization, and I learn as much from the people that work for me as uh, the people I work for. And, um, you know, especially as you get a little bit older in your career, you tend to get out of touch with certain things that are important to businesses around innovation. And, you know, there's people underneath me that don't have the years but definitely have you know, kind of the insights and connections to different things around the world that can help me with my business. And so I rely on them as much as I, as I rely on the people who manage me. So I would say, you know, a couple things, be humble, be bold, but, you know, especially embrace this paradigm around 360 degree kind of input and, and, um, information.
1: That's great. Is there anything you're currently reading right now, Roger? Twitter. (laughs) <laughs> does twitter help you become a better business leader
0: oh yeah totally um so you know I, I i do find time to read the odd book here and there but i spend most of my time kind of reading articles on the internet and mm-hmm. i'm a guy um you know i subscribe to the hustle so that's a great piece of uh content every morning i get you know, all the fortune ceo um the fortune ceo daily email I still have my toe in the venture world a little bit, so I get all the deals, emails from, uh, you know, uh, private equity hub. and, and those Right. So, you know, most of what I read is articles. And, uh, you know, I try and, I try and look for articles that are outside of my own kind of sector, and they don't have to necessarily be technology-related. They could be sports-related. Mm-hmm. I try to find parallels for, for my own experiences and my own challenges that I'm reading. It could be music stuff because uh, I'm a big music guy. Be a documentary on Netflix um, around hip hop or EDM or you know alternative music in the eighties. Um, so yeah, I'm I, I am a rabid consumer of digital sound bites. Twitter, most of which is surfaced through Twitter.
1: Yeah, uh, no, I I love it. I'm on Twitter all the time. Is there any anyone specific that you you are following that maybe I should or anyone that's listening today should be should be following.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I don't, I don't tend to call out individuals. Uh, Sure. Yeah. I follow uh, Roger. (laughs) Well, you you could follow me and maybe I'll retweet some stuff that I certainly, you know, um, I I could probably retweet some stuff that's of interest to the audience. Um, no, listen, it's, it's mercurial. It changes every day. I I try to have a good swath of different people in, in my kind of follow list. It's getting out of hand now. I try to call it where I can. But people from uh, different walks of life is important to me. So, again, kind of sports, music, um, politics, you know, tech people, obviously. I also try to get people from around the world who can give me different perspectives. Right. i got offices in seven places around the world, so it's important for me to innovate and have kind of a lens of what's happening in other geographies as well.
1: Um, I got a fun question as we are slowly going to wrap up, but if I were to ask any of your team members, it could be past, present. Um, colleagues, peers, business persons, what's the best leadership quality that Roger has? What do you think they would say?
0: Um, it's probably around the ability to rally people behind a vision, uh, mm-hmm. get people to make some severe sacrifices to, for the for the larger kind of you know the, <laughs> whole of the organization. I'm, I'm I'm pretty good kind of uh, person to rally people around um, you know kind of a project or, or an initiative. Yeah, I think that's probably what they would
1: say. That's great. So what else? I know, I mean, in this short time, you expressed all the exciting thing that's happening within within your world, within tribal scale. But is there anything else that that, that you'd love to share that you're super excited about and maybe something that you're even losing sleep about, Roger?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, lots of stuff, great stuff going on at tribal scale. Uh, probably the most, you know, kind of material one to my world is we've just kicked off the second cohort of our venture studios, um, yesterday, in fact, so th- this is really, really good timing. Um, you know, the last time around in our, in our first cohort, we did two studios, one in the automotive world, mm-hmm. um, and one in the fintech world. We had three fintech graduate companies and one automotive graduate company. So we had four total this time around, we're doing three studios. So, um, We've evolved our auto studio to be a, a transportation studio. So it does uh, encompass a lot of the large auto automotive OEMs around the world. But it's also been expanded to include um, uh, some of the airlines that we work with and also some of the cruise lines we work with. So one of the studios is our transportation studio. The second one is our media studio. Um, so we work with most of the large broadcasters around the world Uh, on various projects, including mobile, voice, and over-the-top television. And we have kicked off a a media studio, so that's our second one. And then the third one is in line with what I was kind of saying earlier. It's a product studio. So we've launched a studio around creating internal IP and product for Tribal Scale uh, around the vision of us becoming a combined services and uh, software business. And so that's exciting for a number of reasons. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of le- um, levels up the studio platform that we've uh, we created earlier this year. Uh, we've got three studios this time instead of two. We will be either investing in early stage um, startups in one of those three uh, areas, or in some cases, creating our own startups from the ground up. So if there are any entrepreneurs that are out there in transportation vertical, media vertical, or uh, anyone who may have uh, an idea or early-stage product that they think could benefit from the sales um, kind of engine that we've created here at TribalScale, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, press releases will be going out soon, and we will be formally engaging over uh, a number of events as well. But that's that's probably what I'm losing sleep over, is a uh, launch a <laughs> cohort too. So a lot of moving parts, and we've got a great team installed here. Uh, to help us uh, you know make the most of, of of those three studios
1: that's that's amazing i'm super excited that's that's amazing and we'll definitely share all the all the press releases at least the links or for anyone listening who may have an idea and who may want to even reach out to roger just find it on the episode web web page but before we end roger any final thoughts observations ideally what i'm what i'm trying to you know, my goal for the show is to get some actionable recommendations for the emerging business leader or even emerging entrepreneur that may be listening today.
0: No, no, I mean, listen. Uh, I think I think we covered a lot today. Um, you know, I, I think it's you know one thing I would say to entrepreneurs and other companies is you got to innovate yourself before you can innovate for anyone else. And you know, we've we've taken that completely to heart here at Tribal Scale. We didn't want to just launch a a development shop or or an agency um, with all due respect to those, um, you know, kind of labels. We took it it upon ourselves and we took to heart that we'd have to innovate ourselves and become something very different in order to resonate with our customers. And it doesn't matter whether you're an SMB or, you know, you're an early stage startup or you're a larger organization who wants to engage with your customers. They need to see differentiation. They need to see that you're passionate about innovation. Large companies around the world are all struggling with innovation. That's not news to anyone. Uh, And they want to work with people who at their core have DNA that that is innovative. So look inside before you look outside and innovate yourself before you go and innovate for others. And it could be small things that you could do within your organization that are different from what your competitors are doing. That's all... Related to, you know, kind of the sales cycle of you engaging with customers ultimately, because they see those things, they understand those things, they notice those things. Those are the things that will help you um, build up your company to uh, reach the vision that you have.
1: That's great. Definitely start with yourself, innovate yourself. To close, Roger, can you tell us where we can find more information about you, Tribal Scale, or anything else you'd love to share to the listeners today?
0: Yeah, sure. So you can can find us on the web at TribalScale.com. Um, my email address is roger at tribalscale.com. My Twitter handle is rchabra, R-C-H-A-B-R-A. Where else? You can find me on LinkedIn. My kingdom for a new version of LinkedIn, by the way. If anyone out there has a new version of LinkedIn, we got to talk because uh, I feel like that company has completely lost um, relevancy in, in the age that we're in. Um, so I don't prefer to get reached out to through LinkedIn, but you know I definitely uh, will look at whatever comes in there. But it's just an interesting it's an interesting place these days
1: ah oh, you heard it here first <laughs> the new kingdom is coming I love it well Roger it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for joining us on the business leadership podcast
0: thank you for having me Edwin
1: that's it biz leaders thank you for joining me on the business leadership podcast this was episode number 80 with Roger Chabra if you want to learn more about Roger tribal scale or anything else we discuss, please go to the slash 080. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. Please join me on my free, private Facebook group called The Business Leadership Group, where I share daily insights, answer your questions, and connect you with like-minded leaders. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks again. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com.